0: going to be looking at that passage which we, we read just now from the letter to the Hebrews. Now it's interesting, if you ask theologians what the letter to the Hebrews is, they will tell you it's an exhortation, it's not a letter. So i was going to call it the letter to Hebrews because that's always what it's being called. Now it was written sometime in the first century, probably in the 60s AD, to a group of Jewish people who had become Christians. And it was a time when things were unsettled. Persecution was beginning to uh, happen to Christians uh, at the hands of the Roman Empire. And at the same time, uh, there was... uh, verbal and physical abuse that these Christians were having because they were Jews. They were sons and daughters of Israel, and yet it seemed to the Jewish community that they turned their back on the faith of their fathers. And that Jewish hostility was intense, and they were being persa- persuaded to, to, to drop out of the Christian church, to rally round the temple, And that had a lot of emotional power to it because although we're not quite sure when the letter letter was written, it was at a time when uh, the Jews were beginning to rise up against the Romans and the ultimate uh, result of that would be the raising of the temple in Jerusalem to the ground and the forbidding of Jews to go into the city of Jerusalem. Now, whether it happened before that or after that, uh, that this letter was written. We're not sure. But these Christians, these Christians of a Hebrew origin, were being told that they'd been less misled, or at the very best, that they were settling for second best. And so what the author to the Hebrews does is to say, no, 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 no. And that's what this letter is all about, although it's... uh, a little bit more eloquent than that. The author to the Hebrews begins the letter, the exhortation, the epistle, whatever you want to call it, with these words. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, Who he appointed to be heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He, that's Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God. Now, he's writing this to people who've been told that they're settling at the best for second best. Jesus is the creator of all things with the Father. He was there at the beginning with the Father, he was the long awaited Messiah. And somehow the Jewish community had missed that fact. He was the Redeemer, is the Redeemer of all things. He is the one in whom we believe and whom we follow. And what the writer is saying, we are through Christ constantly in the middle of God's purposes for us. Well, who was it who wrote these words? I, I said that in the 7.30 service and started coming up with names and, and David Barr came up to me when we passed the feast and he said, by the way, it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Which it was, but the Holy Spirit used human influ- instruments. And there are fashions from generation to generation that who thinks wrote the, wrote the letter to, to, the wrong, uh, to the Hebrews? I am of my generation, when it was in the 60s, I learned, uh, I was in seminary, and everyone thought, well, it was Barnabas, the encourager, who wrote the book, because it's a very, very encouraging letter. The other week I was talking with Abigail Jordan, now uh, one of our uh, Duke uh, interns from, uh, uh, for this summer, and we were talking about this, and she said, well, I think it was Priscilla and Aquila, The married couple who were friends of Paul who appear in the letter to the Acts. Which means that there was probably, or possibly, a a female tongue, a female pen. It's just behind the writing of this. So if I say he, I may also mean she. Uh, And um, just forgive me if you're upset by that. But the message which comes through the letter to the Hebrews... The exhortation to the Hebrews is this. Stand firm. Hold fast. Have broad shoulders. Because you are the servants of the living God through Jesus Christ, his Son. You've not been misled. You've not been misguided. You are in the mainstream of God's creation since the very beginning. We are all at one, he he or she writes, walking in the footsteps of the men and women of faith who have gone before us. And that's where today's reading begins. Now, faith, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. It was made by God, by the Word of God, At the beginning of Genesis, there is God creating. At the beginning of this letter, the writer has told us that Jesus was with the Father, creating. If you go to John's Gospel, he talks about the Word of God, who is Jesus, who was with the Father. And that's exactly what the writer of the Hebrews tells us here. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, who is Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So, here they were, walking in the footsteps of those men and women of faith. And chapter 11, which our reading was drawn from, is a catalog of the Old Testament faithful from Abel through Abraham and Sarah, right the way up uh, to the prophets at the end. And we walk in their footsteps. In fact, if you're looking at the letter to the Hebrews, the first 10 10 chapters are looking backwards at what it is to walk with God since creation. And then we get to chapter 11, where we begin to look forwards. We walk in the footsteps of these faithful and we're walking forwards to them to the culmination of God's redemption of the world through his son, Jesus Christ. The Old Testament heritage is our heritage. That's what we're being told. And from now on, We are looking forward with the the saints and we we are walking in their footsteps. Abraham and Sarah have gone before us. Now we follow up the mountain of time with them. And we're told by the writer here in chapter 11 of Hebrews that we walk in faith. And as you go to the end of the chapter and spill over into chapter 12, we are finding ourselves looking unto Jesus with them. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus or looking unto Jesus. The Bible, the the, the organization for boys which I came to faith through, its motto, motto was looking unto Jesus. And that probably was the first verse of Scripture that I ever learned. It took me a long time to get those three words into my head, but I got them there eventually. And we are walking in faith. And faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The certainty... Of things that are not seen now hope which is part of faith in scripture is a much stronger word than we tend to use it Uh, uh, two or three weeks ago um, after church Richard Kennelly came up to me and said I hope that we can get together for lunch again soon he and I (coughs) have been in a habit of of having Mexican together. Neither of our wives are particularly enthusiastic about it, so we go off and eat it together. And I said, well, I hope we can, and we did manage to get it set up before they went on vacation. But we hope for something to happen. We're not sure it's going to happen, but we hope it, and we'll give it a try. In Scripture, the word hope is a much more consequential one. Hope is not... I hope we can get lunch together. Hope is that I know that I am walking in the way of Christ, that I am looking to Jesus, and that I am walking into God's future for me. And that is something which is absolutely solid because his future for me stretches out to all eternity. I am walking into the future. Abraham and Sarah are great examples of this. They came from Ur of the Chaldees, which was a city down by modern-day Kuwait. And they set off with the family and they travelled northwards to Haran, which is in the western part of what is today Iraq. And then God spoke to them and led them forward and took them to the land that he promised them, which was the Holy Land. And they went, not knowing where they were going, but following God in faith, knowing that God is to be depended upon. And what better example is there than that for us? I'm going to end with an illustration Several years ago, some years ago now, my elder son-in-law, was, who loves running and walking and trekking and so forth, he was walking along the coastal path between uh, Scarborough and Whitby, which is on the east coast of England, uh, Yorkshire, and uh, by the North Sea. And as he was walking that path, Uh, he got to a point where there was a sort of a fork in the road and he took took what looked like the right one. It turned out not to be the right one and as he moved forward he found himself on a cliff of shale rocks about two or three hundred feet above the sea which was crashing against the rocks at the bottom of that cliff. So Joe decided, well, I can turn around and go back. And then he discovered that if he tried to turn around, the shale began to move beneath his feet. So he said, well, I'll, I'll phone and see if I can get some help. Uh, and he pulled out his phone and he tried to dial 999, which is the British equivalent of 911. And he had no signal. And so he stood there and said, well, what do I do next? And he began to yell He's got quite a loud voice. He began to yell. And after some longish period of time, a man's head appeared over the edge of the cliff, somewhat above him, and said, can I help you? Well, obviously. Uh, And so he, this was before people carried cell phones everywhere with them. So he went off to a nearby farmhouse, and dialed uh, 999, and about 30 minutes later, an RAF-seeking helicopter appeared above Joe and a guy came down uh, on a line and picked him up and lifted him up and dropped him outside this farmhouse at the top of the cliff. So I said, well, what did you do then? He said, oh, well, we all went into the farmhouse and we had a cup of tea together. <laughs> Which is, of course, exactly what English people would do. But the point really is that... He had unwittingly taken the wrong path and found it to be the wrong one. What the writer to the Hebrews is saying, you have wittingly taken the right path in following Jesus, your Messiah, and he will lead you forward to the very end. He is there at that heavenly city which is your destination. So, keep moving forward and stay faithful stand firm with Jesus Christ look unto Jesus and he will be the author and the perfecter of the faith that is yours what was true then in uncertain times is true in uncertain times now when we certainly live in uncertain times Look unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Amen.